0: Locked on Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks on today's Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. It is already half the week over, May the 25th. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at underscore process sports on Twitter. Once again, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We, of course, are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Canucks your first listen of the day. So today, again, it's kind of in that lull period where in the, you know, where the playoffs are going on. There's not everything's kind of hush-hush around all the teams, you know. Although JT Miller's agent or whoever's been leaking all this news about JT Miller's contract not getting done, because I'm hearing guys like Elliot Friedman talk about it. All these other insiders talking about how it's going to be hard for the Canucks to retain JT Miller. Um, Quick thought on that. I think it's all uh, leaks. These are all being It's all, like I said before, it's all a tactical negotiation ploy um, by JT Miller's camp, putting all this stuff out there so the Canucks uh, get scared um, or they try to pressure the Canucks into doing whatever they want. Look, Jim Rutherford knows his way around the block. He knows how to negotiate. He knows what he is doing. He's not going to fall for these negotiating ploys When JT Miller is up for an extension in July, Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvin will sit down with him and his agent, and they will discuss the terms of the deal. I've said it from the jump. I don't see JT Miller going anywhere whatsoever. I see him staying in Vancouver because the Canucks want to be competitive. They want to push for the playoffs. And also, JT Miller wants to be in a situation where he can win. And Where is he going to go with a chance to win? That wants to meet his salary demands. If he wants to go to a team that has a chance to win, most of these teams won't be able to fit his eight to nine million or whatever he's asking for under the cap. So what I say to that is, if JT Miller wants to get paid and wants, you know, to be uh, one of the higher paid players in league, by every right he has, every right to want to do that. But the Canucks also still have his rights for another year. So, if they don't get a deal done this summer, he's still under contract for one more year. You know, the Canucks can keep him and then trade him at the deadline, or they could, if they're in a play position, they could keep JT Miller as their own personal rental. Yes, people are going to go, oh, you're going to lose him for nothing. You're going to lose him for nothing. If the right deal, and they determine they want to trade him, and the right deal is not there, and it might never be there, rather than selling him for you know, pennies on the dollar. Why don't you just keep him push for the playoffs, go on a run, knowing you're going to lose him anyway, but you have a chance to push forward to make an extended run in the playoffs. I I don't see the purpose in that rather than giving up assets for a, you know, a certain piece at the deadline that you're going to lose anyway, just keep him. You keep your assets. Yes. You don't gain any assets, but you don't lose any as well. You still get the cap space at the end of the year. You still get all that. So that could be another option. Now, I don't think it's going to get to that. I think uh this offseason, they're going to determine if we can't trade you. Excuse me. If we don't sign you to a deal that works for us and for you um, and your demands are way too high, JT Miller, we will move on for you. Jim Rutherford has already said that. I don't think that the option that I just put out there is going to be any plausible because Jim Rutherford's a much smarter man than me. And I don't think that's the way it'll pan out. I'm saying if it, you know, they don't get the trade offer they want and they don't want to they don't want to sell low. Just keep him, play him out, and keep him as your own rental, and you can leave in the, in the next offseason, right? So um there's a lot of things swirling around with JT Miller. Uh, one thing that's gonna be very important for JT Miller is the coaching staff. As we all know, Bruce Brujo is back as the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks, but his assistant staff is going to be very interesting. Um, as we know. Uh, the Bruce Boudreaux with certain assistants will not be back, such as Scott Walker. Um, and he, Scott Walker had uh, a lot to say, uh, very interesting comments to say. Um, when he left, he's on Canucks Connected and he talked about how, um, he does not believe in analytics, which I thought was very surprising. Um, for a coach in the NHL, um, is in this era to say, oh, I'm a believer in analytics. I don't uh truly believe in analytics. Look at a team that's one has that's one a cup winning team, excuse me, that follows analytics. Um I hate to break it to him, but analytics are an integral part um in the NHL, in sports, in hockey. That's why you see it so prominent. That's why the Leafs hired a guy like Kyle Dubis because he's good with analytics. Now he's not good with the cap, but he's good with analytics. Um, and you see just a shift of analytics because the more data, the more information you have, the more easy. The, sorry, the more data, the more information you have, the easier it is to make decisions. Now I'm not, as I said before, last week, I'm not a firm believer in analytics being the be all end all of your decision making. I think they are a, I think analytics are a nice side piece. Or a nice, you know, side dish, as I said last week, um, to, you know, complement the eye test and the regular hockey knowledge that um, all these executives have. Um but then again, I think Rutherford and even wanna, you know, they like their analytics, they wanna, you know, use that and it's important to them. So that's why they're gonna follow um their their what's stuck with their guns. I mean, they worked in Pittsburgh uh, and I think they're gonna stick with it here. The other question with the Canucks coaching staff is Will Bruce Brujo have a say um, in the assistance? Um, being a lame duck coach, per se, with one year left on his deal, um, and you know his ops, he didn't really get a ringing endorsement from management. Um, I don't think Bruce Brujo will have much say. He might have an opinion. And the front office might choose to listen to it. They might choose to. um, They might choose to give it some sort of thought, but I don't. They're not going to, you know, listen to him and he's not going to pick and choose. I think Rutherford and Alvin from the get go, you see them strip, you know, start stripping things down in this organization and building it the way they want to build it. And I see them doing that with this coaching staff. Um, will that work? I don't know. Um Will it be tense if they bring in all these assistants and Bruce Boudreau has no say? It might be, but that's the situation. Um, Bruce Boudreau is put on a corner now where he has to coach his you-know-what off, and this team has to be successful. Otherwise, he's going to be gone, um, and it's going to be Rutherford Alvin's guy in. So the coaching staff, it's going to be interesting. Again, it's all going to come back to that philosophy that they determine, they decide on this offseason on how they want to build this roster. And if the assistants, the assistants have to go hand in hand. You can't have one assistant that, you know, is another firm believer in another uh, philosophy or way to play. They all have to be in that same common goal. And if that means that Rutherford and be have to hire their own people to bring in for Brujo, then that's the way it's going to be. Um so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes down but it's also going to be interesting to see the development of Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson and Thatcher Demko the three cornerstones of this organization going forward and how they can take that next jump from all-star level player to superstar level player and how that is imperative if the Canucks want to be successful uh, going forward, but first, I want to talk to you guys about Rock Auto. Rock Auto. Uh, the ever ex- uh, this episode, excuse me, is brought to you by Rock Auto. With ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to f- for your local chain auto parts store to stock all parts you need. Winder, often pointless and seemingly intimidating, questioning. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that a happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your, and in your pocket. You save money and time using Rock Auto. Why spend 30, 50, even 100% more than some parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto is reliably low for every customer, they have everything you need brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet go to their easy to use website today and find solutions for your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about a section so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so If you've been watching the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs, you're seeing players take that next step, ascend to that next level, ascend to from, you know, you look at a guy like Luka Doncic asserting himself from a young, budding superstar to clearly a superstar and the guy who, you know, once LeBron James is done and retires from the game of basketball, will be the face of the NBA. You're seeing guys like Andrew Wiggins wipe off the stench of being a bust when he never was to a very, very important contributing piece um, to a championship contender. You're seeing Connor McDavid separate himself from the pack and show what he's head and shoulders above the rest. Um, you're seeing a guy like Nathan McKinnon played on the lead level. You're seeing, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, you know, continue to just elevate his play and prove to not only just hockey fans but sport fans that this guy is one of the biggest money goalies the greatest money goalies we might ever see victor hedman i had a conversation with somebody victor hedman might not be nick lidstrom but he's pretty damn close he's probably the best defenseman of it this generation the way you know he plays especially in the playoffs when he got me thinking Canucks have three young all-stars on their roster right now: Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, and Thatcher Demko. Um, and I think we're all in agreement after seeing what's going on in the Battle of Alberta that the Canucks made the right decision keeping Thatcher Demko uh, over Jacob Markstrom. It's very evident, and uh, we know Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson um, are young star players. You know, Elias Pettersson had a great second half of the year. Uh, Was on pace for the second half of the year to have over 100 point season and 50 goals. How do we, or how do they, excuse me, bottle that momentum and take that next step from being, you know, an all star player or a very good young player to an elite superstar player? Well, it takes work, it takes drive, and it takes understanding hey, I have to be better so this summer in my personal opinion is massive for these three young players on the vancouver canucks because they're at a crossroads right now in this organization where you know as i just mentioned with jt miller he wants to win bo Horvat's in his prime brock besser is in his prime you know these young players are reaching their prime so if the canucks want to do what we all want them to do and become a legitimate stanley cup contender on a playoff team you have to have a superstar player. You have to have a top, you know, 15, 10 to 15 player in the NHL, whether that's a goalie, whether that's a forward, or whether that's a defense, or whether that's all three. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kucherov, Hedman, Basilevsky, even Stamkos. Pittsburgh, Malkin, Crosby, Washington, Ovechkin, Chicago, Kane, Keith, L.A., Kopitar, Dowdy. Right. you look at these teams that won titles. Now everybody says that you know hockey is the ultimate team sport or the ultimate team game, and it is. But you look at the teams that win, even the St. Louis Blues that won a title. They had Alex Petrangelo, who was, you know, an elite defenseman. Vladimir Tarasenko was an elite forward. You know, you have to have those elite, elite players to win in this game. You look. You take a look at the remaining teams right now in the NHL, in the playoffs. Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, superstars in Edmonton. Calgary, Johnny Hockey, Matthew Kachuk, superstars. Now, they're not the McDavid or Draisaitl, but they are, you know. Johnny Hockey had 100 points this year, right? Out East, I just mentioned, Hedman, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Stamkos, superstar players. Sebastian Aho, superstar, right? Rangers, Artemi Panarin, superstar, Igor Shosturkin, superstar. So you look at these teams that are still in the playoffs, what do they have? Superstar players. Everybody talks about how you need to have a full roster and everything like that, which is true, you do, but you also need to have those elite guys. So that's where you need to see guys like Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko take that next step to become not just good players at their position, but The best of the best. And if you don't get that, then this team is going to be mediocre. JT Miller, as much as I love him, does not have superstar talent. He had a great, great year. Great year. But if you look at it, I don't see him going to get 99 points again. He might be around 5 to 75, but he's not going to be up at 90 once again. I don't think. This could just be an albatross year. Bo Horvath, 31 goals. Can you bank on that again? You could bank on 25 to 30. Brock Besser, you know, if he stays healthy, 25 to 30. That's good, very good. But you need, you know, a guy like Pedersen to get you the 50 goals or, you know, 100 plus points. Quinn Hughes, you know, maybe pushing 70 points as a defenseman. That's your Demko, taking that next step as becoming the elite, elite goaltender in the NHL. That is how you win in sports. You need to have your good young players develop into superstars. Whatever sport, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever the sport is, you have to have young prospects that you draft and develop reach their maximum potential. Now, is Quinn Hughes' maximum potential going to be Kale McCarr, who is a superstar in Colorado? No, I don't think so. But can he be like Kale McCarr a notch right below Kale McCarr? Absolutely. Does that still mean he's a superstar? If Quinn Hughes can become a top seven defenseman in the NHL, that will work. If Elias Pettersson can move into the you know top ten of forwards, that can work. If Thatcher Demko becomes a top five goalie in the NHL, you have something there. Your your secondary pieces fit in, but we need to see that next step, that next rise from these players, because as much as we love them, they also to put the work in and make sure that they reach that level. And people might be like, well, no they need to build a better roster. They have a young core. I agree with that. But what can all get lost in the shuffle is the fact that you need superstar players to win. And right now the Canucks don't have a superstar. They have superstar players. Who, they have players me, with superstar talent and potential but they're not at that level yet. They're not. So this summer, what I want to see is I want to see leadus Patterson come in in shape a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, faster, and more durable. I want to see Quinn Hughes bigger, faster, stronger, being able to carry the workload. And I want to see Thatcher Demko continue his next evolution of being that cerebral goalie who can remain calm and just take that poise he has and continue to develop on his game. That is absolutely imperative to this team. That is just as big as fixing the cap, drafting and drafting new players, figuring out the bester contract, figuring out the Miller contract, figure out the Horvath contract. These three young players have to take the next step. It's, it's, it's all right being a good young player, but you have to take that next level, that next leap into Superstardom, becoming a player where you know people fear you on a nightly basis. I don't think anybody fears um, Quinn Hughes, Elite Patterson, or Thatcher Demko. Maybe on certain nights they might, but they don't strike fear. Look, Patterson got thirty-two goals and sixty-eight points this year, career highs. I want to see him hit forty and eighty points in a season. Quinn Hughes, right? Most points by defenseman was 68. I want to see you get 70 plus. 60 assists, I want to see you get 65. Right? Patterson will turn 24. Hughes will turn 23 when the season starts. They're reaching that age now where, you know, they're starting to grow into their man bodies. They're starting to grow grow up and mature, become real real leaders of this organization. They've been here long enough. These guys got to... Assert themselves, assert their dominance, uh, mark their stamp as this new era takes place um, behind, you know, instead of, you know, being behind Bo Horvat and JT Miller as the leaders, be standing in level with them. Take more ownership that, hey, this is just as much my team as it is your team. Right? You look in Toronto, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, they're not wearing the c but they take a lot of the brunt. Same with Morgan Riley. John Tavares might be the captain. Bo Horvat might be the captain, but it's their team now. It's Demko's team. It's Hughes' team. And it's Pedersen's team. These are the three cornerstones that are going to be here for the foreseeable future. So it is time, just like the Sedins did with Naslin. Just, you know, Linden and Burray did it with the Smilera. You got to take that next step and become leaders, and take over the team and franchise. And that is the only way the Vancouver Canucks will whatever down the cup or be competitive is if these three guys on this roster take that next step and become superstar players because one of my favorite sayings is you need big-time players in big-time games to make big-time plays. And those three are big-time players or have the potential to be and if the Canucks want to be in those big time games, they need them to take that next step. So coming up after this break, uh, something that's getting a little bit fun, um, maybe not so much Canucks related, but province of British Columbia related. Um, and that is the greatest NHLers to ever hail from beautiful British Columbia. So stick around for that. Uh, it's going to be kind of interesting. So, Welcome back to Locked on Canucks, your show that keeps you locked in all things Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked on. Nightly recaps of every game with analysis from our local experts. And, of course, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, we talked about JT Miller, Elias Pedersen, Thatcher Demko taking the next step, coaching JT Miller's contract, all of that excuse me, that should have Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen. Not JT Miller. If he does take another step, that'd be even better. But, um, right now, I want to talk about the province of British Columbia, my home province, uh, best breast province in the world, and also a breeding ground for a lot of great hockey players. Of course, there's the great BCHL that drafts, uh, sorry, not draft but develops. Great players on a well does actually draft because a lot of BCHLs do get drafted, but um, develops players at an elite level. You have your Western League teams, the iconic Kamloops Blazers of the '90s, um, the New Westminster Bruins of the '70s. You know the Vancouver Giants have been a very you know strong uh, breeding ground for talent. But right now, I want to go through the greatest British Columbia-born NHL players, in my personal opinion. Um, And first and foremost, we're going to have to pull up not only the man who hails from Burnaby, British Columbia, that is Joe Sackick. Of course, we all know Sackick as the captain of the Colorado Avalanche, the man who drove a stake in my heart numerous times growing up hating the Avalanche. Sackick, you know, dominated for almost 1,400 games, over 1,600 points. Couple Stanley Cups, couple, you know, a gold medal. Uh, he definitely was, I think, the greatest BC hockey player who ever lived. And you have guys like Glenn Anderson, who was a part of those Oilers dynasties, another member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Over 1,000 points, almost 500 goals. Rhea averaged a point in his career. Uh, remember, Captain of the Anaheim Ducks on the floor to on the board. Um iconic forward during his time in the late 90s. Then we also have Ray Ferraro, my favorite analyst of all time. Uh, Ray Ferraro, um, great, astute analyst on TV right now, but also a hell of a hockey player, you know. He had 400 goals, 500, 900 points. And then we look at the guys that are active now, or that were active. So you have Shea Weber, potentially the greatest defenseman from BC, Cam Neely. Um, you know, was a dominant power forward, had his career shortened. Um, then you have the newcomer, the guys who are playing now, the guys like Milan Lucic, Andrew Ladd, Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a big night last night. Um, you know, then you have Tyson Berry, Kyle Turris, Morgan Riley. Of course, there's former Canucks like Dan Hamuse, Doug Lidster, Brendan Morrison, Jeff Cortenall, Greg Adams, Russ Courtnall, who played for the Canucks, as well, Ryan Walter, a former Canucks coach. So there has been a lot of greatness coming out of the province of British Columbia. I know BC gets kind of lost in the shuffle, uh, especially with the Ontario breeding grounds. And everyone talks about Ontario being the hockey hotbed. There's talent in British Columbia that has, has, you know, had a great impact on the history of hockey and is amazing to see. Growing up in BC, the hockey system was great. It was elite it wasn't I wish I was more elite so I could be playing professional hockey, but that's another day. But um, I just – and, of course, potentially the greatest goalie of a generation, Carey Price, another BC guy. So I say – and it's going to – I'm actually going to – precursing to tomorrow's episode, I'm actually going to create a starting five um, for Team BC, and I'm going to put it up against a province of – Ontario and kind of go back and forth and see can team BC compete against team Ontario. Um, so stick around for that tomorrow. Cause that's going to be kind of interesting. Of course, tomorrow we're going to have more Canucks talk. And of course we will have some more fun. I want to thank you guys for making locked on Canucks your first listen of the day for your second listen, locked on NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley cup kiss locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care. Stay safe. And I will talk to you tomorrow.